0: Ladies
1: and gentlemen, we're gonna take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is on. Competition is on. Competition is on.
0: Competition is on. Competition is on. Competition is on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hard to the Paint with David Grubb. Um, I'm sure as many of you are aware, and if you listen to the show, you're a basketball fan, most likely. Um, you know, today is the, um, the marking of one year after the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, Gigi, along with seven others um, in a helicopter crash in California. And um, my guest today, Ron Agers, who has been with these many times before um, and who I've known for 25 years, um, I, I wanted to talk to him about this because um, we have some strong opinions about, about some of the things that happened today and just about it in general over the past year as it regards to Kobe, his life and then how his death is being used. So I wanted to talk to him about that as well as some other things, obviously around the NBA. Uh, so Ron, welcome back to Harden to Paint. Um, this is, it was difficult for me, just, you know, you knew it was coming, um, but it's still, once the day hits, it's still, you know, it's still very, especially I think in this COVID environment where we've been locked up so much and cooped yeah. up so much that time has passed in this weird way. It's hard to believe that that a year has passed since since we lost Kobe.
1: Yeah, and again, let's just start. Uh, one, thanks for having me on the show, but yeah, uh, the main thing we need to do first thing is pray for the family. Uh, Vanessa, the surviving daughters, his family, and friends, and, and the people that are really close, the Gasol family, Power Gasol, uh, they were talking, talking about him and their relationship and stuff like that. Uh, we need to pray for them first. That's That's the first thing we need to take care of first. But I, I just remember last year, LeBron James had just passed him on the all-time scoring list. Mm-hmm. And you know how we do when we when we write, we uh we have to get in that comment section. We're answering questions and we're debating and we're going back and forth. And that's how I found out. I'm going back and forth with a reader, and he went, "Oh man, Kobe died in a helicopter crash, man." Hold up. And then I went to NBA TV, and that's how I found out. And For me, it just hurts more because he had a lot to offer this world. It wasn't going to be basketball. He was going to be an ambassador, not only to basketball, but to women, to the human race. He was going to do things that was bigger than basketball. And Vanessa Bryant Bought, loaned out Kobe Bryant for 20 years. I mean, we played ball. We ain't never played NBA ball or anything like that. But you know the commitment you have to
0: have to be that great. The single-mindedness, the things you have to to leave mm-hmm. behind in large regard. Um, but we also saw, too, at the end of his career in particular, those last few years, how he tried to maneuver so much and make sure that he could be as much of a husband and father as possible, um, even as he continued to, you know, those final two, three years of his career.
1: Yeah, and especially with us being fathers and uh, your daughter, you take your daughter to play ball. I take my boys to play ball. Think of it, I mean, that's what spooked me. He was bonding with his daughter. He was teaching her they had found a passion. And that's not easy to do. Most people assume that, you know, some you your parent and a child relationship is gonna work out. You it's, it's still a relationship, and you could see a relationship blossom. They see him. he went to Brooklyn, they, they always show them pictures where he pointing them pointing out uh, certain things in the game to uh, Gigi from his from his point of view, so she could learn, and she was. She was excited to learn. You could see her picking up that knowledge. There was a, there was something, they were getting a closeness and a bond and for them to get on that helicopter, they just going to shoot ball. For us, we're getting in a car. For them, they're getting getting on a helicopter to go shoot ball. And for the end like this, that's what hurts so much. I mean, the basketball is just basketball. I mean, that's just what we do. We cover it. It's fine. But, at our age, we realize it's just a certain part of our lives. For him, it was him. He was the best part of Kobe Bryant was still to come. And that's what's cheat. That's what cheats the world of. He was going to like Girl Dad. It was more than a hashtag for him. I mean, think about it. That orange WNBA hoodie. He had influenced the WNBA in a way, and then look at how how it influences an election. So, in a sense, you see how he, how his
0: his one influence can affect so many people around the world. And I think the 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 thing that we have to be honest about too is that the reason that the best was yet to come in a lot of ways was because Kobe had a lot of mistakes to learn from early on. And, yeah, and he, grew, he, he was, grew up. I mean, he was growing, yeah, you, you could see him growing up. He's very much in a, in in a lot of ways. He's what, like I said, the, the MJ, the Doctor J of this of, of of our generation, of me and your, our contemporaries, the 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 forty year old crowd. Um, so he is that guy that we saw, though, from the first time, you know. That wasn't who Kevin Garnett was Kobe kind of grew up with all of us. So when Kobe was 18, I was 21, you were 21 and we watched him come up. And so it was kind of like watching your own self grow up. We grew up with him in a lot of ways, even different in a way than LeBron James, because Kobe didn't have the same type of hype coming in. It was different. Um, He wasn't supposed to be the greatest player of all time but Kobe was willing to tell you he was going to be that. Mm-hmm. But, and for all those good things, the things that gave him that confidence and that edge, how in a way he figured out a way to do it so much better as he got older, those things that got him in trouble, quite frankly, the things that yeah. caused him problems with women, the things you know, the Colorado sexual assault case, the things that dealt with, the, the way he dealt with Shaq and those things that came out during that time. Yeah. He had a long way to go. And, I think what makes it more interesting is that he was so human and that we saw him fall and his, his rise did not seem manufactured. His, his rebirth did not seem manufactured in a way, kind of like how you watch that tiger. If you, you know, you see the tiger woods documentary on HBO now, and it just feels like tiger went back to the same stuff. He's not different. You know what I mean? Like you don't see the growth in a Tiger Woods after what happened to him. But you saw Kobe Bryant grow into this different role and understanding, like you said, in particular, I think how men need to be supportive of women in athletics even and still not make it about himself. He could have been the story and all of those things, but he consistently turned it back on those girls and those young women and the women of the WNBA who he supported, I I think that that was a, a real sign of he could the ego that that dominated him as number 8 we would say the yeah. thing that made me love number if you you know I mean, when i pick i love 8 broby. 24 broby um, um but i think that the 24 and what was coming afterwards mm. was going to be the best person my favorite ball player is going to be number 8 but number 24 was going to be the far greater impactful that guy beyond as an individual and I think
1: also his story also shows the flaws of not only human beings, because you gotta understand he was in his twenties at that time. He had millions of dollars. Everybody but I mean, when you have that type of money, people always see these super these uh athletes as superheroes. They're still human beings. They still put their they still put their socks on one 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 foot at a time. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. It's just that they just happen to shoot a basketball a little or run a football a little bit better, better than us. And the I mean, we're all flawed. And for these people, and it actually came out with during his death, bringing up the old uh, sexual assault charges. Um, Gail King mentioning that to Lisa Leslie and Lisa Leslie saying, "Look." Did you ask him when he was alive? It actually shows a hypocr- hypocritical side to what's going on in the media, whether it be sports or whatever. So in that sense, I do believe that his life kind of show it kind of mirrors what's going on in the in this country and around the world.
0: He's, he's a lot of being the first one to grow up almost completely – Like, he was there on the infancy of the social media age. Yeah. Um, As celebrity high school basketball players were really becoming a thing. Um, You know, once he and KG kind of changed the game in that regard, um, yeah, it it, it was completely different. So he's a cultural marker in that way and in so many other ways. But I think think that when you talk about him historically, it's the way in which you do it. Like you said, if you didn't say it, you have to provide it in context. He absolutely yeah. was indicted. He absolutely could have gone to jail. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to stand here and all, if they're, you know, I know that there are women advocates who feel who are going to feel triggered today and, 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 and sexual assault survivors who feel triggered because in their minds and, and, and rightfully so based on, you know, what we know of the time and even Kobe's statements. And I don't want to belabor this, but I just want to say in respect to my audience. I get it and I don't agree with what he, you know, the position that he put himself in. And I don't Mm. think, you know, but I think the thing is, is that, yeah, you don't ignore it, but you also saw that there was a genuine, I believe, and it could, we could be wrong. because I'm I'm not as, I don't know him like that, but outwardly at the very least, there seemed to be a genuine willingness to acknowledge fault and that, that he could have not done what he did, whatever that is. And that, He learned from that and took it seriously, where in a lot of cases we've seen where anybody's been put in that kind of position, they run it off. And it's really him and Ray Rice might be the only two people who have been in those positions that I've seen afterwards continue to do the things that they said that they would do and say, I'm going to keep talking about domestic situations. I'm going to keep dealing with women's issues. Kobe continued to give money to women's shelters. He continued to do things. I don't know if that ever makes up for wh- when you, the way you hurt a person. That's incalculable. Mm-hmm. But at least he continued to walk the walk of redemption. And also,
1: even when we carry on this conversation, understand uh, before, do your research. The Internet works.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I followed I followed the case back then and whatnot. Understanding what happened on both sides, even the DA of Colorado and whatnot, like you said, David. Whatever he did, you never. Don't put yourself in that situation. You're a married man. You know this. You know what you have. You know the, the platform that you're on. That is all understood and whatnot. But um, sometimes they may use it. some media outlets that I've read. I've read articles when he passed. They used it as what we call, talked off the off uh, off camera. Using it for clout,
0: right? And getting
1: I think, on social media, trying to get trying to get a name, trying to ride that wave of Kobe passing, one year
0: passing. Well, don't forget that this happened back in back in the day. That's wrong. And I think people are said. using it in multiple ways. And I want to get your thoughts on this because I think the NBA overplayed it. I think players have overused it. I think fans have overused it. That every time you see a twenty-four to eight, I get. What people do and you have emotional connections, I have emotional connections. But I think a lot of people do. And a lot of celebrities in particular have used kind of like the thing with Nipsey Hussle. You know what I'm saying? Like same, LA icon dies in a in a very tragic and unsuspected way, you know, unpredictable way. And then all of a sudden people and became, all of a sudden people became big Nipsey Hussle fans. All of a sudden people became reverent about the idea of Nipsey Hussle, Mm -hmm. the same people who were fine to say Kobe was a ball hog and all these other things, then all of a sudden he became this immortal in their minds because of the way he did it. And and you still see people using it. You saw it today on the internet, on on social media, you see people making sure that they got their things seen in talking about Kobe. And I... I, I tried to be as muted as possible. I wanted to do what I, what, what I, to acknowledge, but yeah. I just don't think that it's, it's the, like you said at the beginning, the people who really need to grieve the Bryant family, the people connected to those families that also lost their lives, all the friends and family who were, who were there, you know, who surround those people. We, we lost a distant person. No matter how yeah. close we think we are, we lost a distant person. They lost a real person, and I don't think you want to mock or cheapen that by making it about yourself.
1: Yeah, and, and like it ch- chasing clout, and I, I think in my, my opinion on that, it's, it's totally ridiculous. Um, I didn't write anything on Kobe and whatever, and it's sad to the sense that, um, that his wife, Vanessa, had to say, listen, please ease back on the tributes to Kobe Bryant but then Cleveland last night does a tribute to Kobe Bryant like we have to respect it we have to respect her she's going through a rough time man look we we, we've been we've we've married our spouses away if we look if we gone and I mean the way he left you just can't.
0: And your baby. We can't describe your, what the- your, your, your life partner, the person you have dedicated, yes. and the person who is the father of your children and your baby. And so you lose all child. those things at, at one time. And for it to be like the, all the stuff that she had to endure with the police officers taking pictures of the scene and showing them to people and mm. still having to have this court fight that she's going on today, you know, to this day to make sure yeah. that people don't put that imagery out there of uh-huh. those bodies. Um, I think it's just, it's, it's a, there's news and and absolutely the investigation into how and why of this should happen because, you know, Vanessa Bryant and those families, again, deserve closure in that regard. Yeah. But I don't need to know the intimate details and, and see the intimate details of what happened that day. It doesn't, it's not for me to see. There's no level of information that I, David Grubb can glean from this. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a prosecutor. I'm not involved anywhere in that case. So there's no reason for me to get that deep into it.
1: Yeah, but this is just the way we are right now because social media, everybody is chasing retweets. uh, They're chasing likes. If you can get that on Twitter and Instagram, and some people just think that they just they will go to great lengths just to get those things and whatnot, no matter what. And they think that you know something. Let me get ten thousand retweets. I'll have a career. If I go viral, I'll have a career. And that's just not the case. It's just it's really a sad, t- sad state right now uh, with the NBA. Uh, I do. I think again with the with the players in the NBA, I think they they've done a good job in a sense. Uh, in a sense, especially last year, co- considering the shock of, w- of what happened and everything, because I don't think we really understood the magnitude of his uh, celebrity. I really don't think, I mean, it was global. Like, oh. when, I mean, it in China, like, when LeBron says, you know, so like, I thought I was famous until I touched down in China with Kobe Bryant and how 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 much you saw, how much he was loved. So that's when I went, whoa, because the one thing I wrote, I wrote one article stating that, you know, something Laker fans need to stop comparing Kobe and LeBron and the Kobe fans did not want LeBron to come to the come to LA. Mm-hmm. They made that clear. mm mm-hmm. So, you know something, unite the fan base. This is a time where everybody needs to unite in Laker Nation as opposed to, well, I don't like LeBron because LeBron's going to take the shine from Kobe and I'm always going to be a Kobe guy or I'm always going to be a LeBron guy. Be a purple and gold guy. It's all about those jerseys in the back. Make sure you just enjoy your team, enjoy your championship, enjoy the legacies because that's what they are about, superstars. That's what the Lakers do. They go out and get the biggest superstar. They were blessed to have Jerry West there to say, hey, man, we got a guy out of high school. He is going to be the greatest of all time. But who did they bring along with him? Shaq, a superstar free agent. So that was the only thing I would only touch on when it came to Laker Nation. It just wasn't a case of just clout. We, I did a story. And I let it go. And I'm not going to do it again this year. And I'm just going to let it go and just continue to pray for the families.
0: The the, the only reason that I really even wanted to do this this time was because last year, this time, we were still on the radio. And you didn't have I didn't have I didn't have the form to do what I felt like I wanted to do. You do what you can do in that situation. And we never really got to have a long conversation about it. I just, I think the the toughest thing about it being a year is it for 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 me and you. And again, I I believe it's sincerely for guys our age, is that there is a kind of reckoning with our our youth, because yeah. it, you know we've watched in the last few years. You know, you know there is no Tim Duncan anymore. There's no Kobe, you know, out on the court anymore. There's no T-Mac. There's no Vince Carter. Um, and Kobe was that symbol. He was the first one that we had. He said mm-hmm. our, our player, that the guy that was the guy in the league in that way that Jordan or Magic or Bird or, or was the generation prior to that um, and prior to LeBron. So no matter whether you were a Laker fan or not, Kobe was the central figure in the NBA for 20 years almost. And mm-hmm. that... Is an incredible thing that, like you said, it goes so far beyond the NBA in that regard. And then to do the things in film afterwards, to do the things in uh, coaching, to do the things as a as a cultural mover. Even when it was embarrassing at times in fashion, you know, he did the, the infamous white shoot where he wore a hat and all that stuff. But he was always. He was big, like you said, he's bigger than the Lakers. He's bigger than Los Angeles in a lot of ways. He is the he is a generational figure. It's more than mm-hmm. just a basketball figure. And I'm gonna tell you something
1: else, it does too. It it actually shows your mortality. You better start enjoying your life. Because with Kobe, you know, it was always getting to that next level, keep going to that next level, keep going. Enjoy the journey. It's the first time I actually looked at my mortality, you know what I'm saying? You and your forties, it look, it can be gone tomorrow. Yep. Like you work hard to build up a certain thing, to build up a certain lifestyle. You may not be around to enjoy it. So you better enjoy your loved ones. You better enjoy your wives, you better enjoy your kids, you better enjoy your parents while they are here. It's like I had been advised by my wife and my mom for years, like you better enjoy life because it's gonna slide by you and whatnot. Okay, cool. And I, I got a son. He just turned 18 today. I can remember when I'm trying to sneak in watch the Raiders in the Super Bowl and then get back in time to for the baby being born and whatnot. That's 18 years, and it's so quick. And he's now on his way to college. So the more when he passed, it's the mortality. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you better treat your people's right. You better appreciate what you have, appreciate you got a home, food, a car or whatever that you have, because it can be taken away
0: with you from you just like that. And I think he was learning that lesson too, because he mm-hmm. had become so much more open and was embracing younger players, embracing the media in a way that he had not before in being expressive mm-hmm. about himself and his journey. Um, And his opinions about things that that desire to kind of um, talk about the game itself, not just personalities within it. Uh, I think that he was, you know, uh, that openness that came to him because he didn't really have. And that's the thing about being young and celebrity. We don't think of it the same way with athletes as we do with actors, particularly basketball players coming up at 18, 19 years old in Los Angeles, which is basically being a child star. He yeah. is a child star. That's what he is. He's no different than the, the Brat Pack in the eighties, you know, cats running around and t- as young adults in the, the one of the biggest media markets in the world. Mm-hmm. And you don't get to be 18. He had, he had to be a professional and Kobe, unlike a lot of, I, I mean, again, it's, 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 it's why he became Kobe Bryant. He and LeBron and people like him who come in at 18, 19 and turn into what they turn into, it is a, a mindset where you can't afford to be a child and you can't yeah. afford to express your, yourself and, and expose weaknesses because these were grown men that you're going up against who are looking for those things. And I think as he got older, um, he was more willing to expose his vulnerabilities. Yeah, and, and throw this in too, look,
1: his feud with Shaq, that can affect you too. I mean, you we already see, we already seen just last week what Shaquille O'Neal did, what the thing that happened with Donovan Mitchell
0: mm-hmm.
1: only inside of the NBA. So if you could see that now and he's in his, and he's he's our age, look at what he was probably was doing when he was in his 20s. And Kobe was was kind of a was a recluse. He wasn't he wasn't as open as Shaq. Shaq was the jolly guy. Yeah, so Phil playing mind
0: games over here too. And, and-
1: yeah, you play in the media, and look, the media will follow anybody that's a star and is willing to talk. And you got this guy, he can create a narrative that could have hurt Kobe. Now, Kobe internalized it and used it to be a great player, but it still had to affect him. It's just a whole lot of things that we may see that casual fans just don't see. Mm-hmm. Then it, it can affect anybody. Everybody likes to be liked. I mean, he, he can say I'm the Mamba. I, I, I was the Mamba and I don't care if people didn't like me or whatever the case may be. Human nature, everybody wants to be accepted. He just knew how to use his challenges
0: to be the great one of the greatest basketball players ever. And uh, I think that the most fitting thing for his legacy, and I know that people, you know, went the whole thing about changing the logo to Kobe and retiring his number across the league, which I don't think either of those things would be appropriate, but I would say this. If the NBA wanted to really honor Kobe Bryant, it'll augment its efforts to support the WNBA. If that's yeah, the sure way you is. really want to do it, that yeah. would be the thing. You really invest in women's yes. professional basketball and the development of women's basketball players in general. And you do that, I think that would be the thing that would be the most enduring um memorial to what Kobe wanted. Uh, at that stage of his life um, for the game of basketball. Because he's not going to, there, there's, there's always guys out there who are going to grow the men's game. Yeah. But for, I think we should use him as an example of how men can directly mm. support women without mm-hmm. being, making it about them, without having to be in the front and saying, it's about me, look at me over here. It's no, their product on in and of itself is good enough and stands out on its own uh, support it because it's a good product.
1: Absolutely. And I think, and you know something, it was going that It was going to go that route because they need the rich, They need any organization needs a, a face or a star to say, you know something, this is a good product. Cause you can't even get, I mean, even, even it goes in any, any business, somebody that everybody knows has to think that this product here is cool. And they can use that as a because, like I was saying with the hoodie, you can't find those orange those WNBA hoodies now. You can't find them, but I bet you could find them for ninety nine cent at any um in any flea market before you put them on because of the, the, the lack of exposure, the lack of exposure, and the lack of resources. Because you know we would if in come media wise, so they do not media wise they don't they don't give them ten to fifty percent of the resources they give the men's game you know we would go there in 20 it'd be 20 seconds they would say look we go where do we sign because the way I write it's just a it's it's basketball basketball is basketball you put a ball in a hoop and there's a net on and there's a net uh, hanging down under it whatever case but in certain ways the women's game
0: is more fundamentally sound and better and crisper than the men's game I would absolutely say that I think that the women's game is more enjoyable because there are more styles of play. Everybody's not and trying to they, do the they, exact same thing. It's not yeah. – every team is not trying to to shoot – it's not all layups or threes. You have mid-range games still. You you have players doing different types – you have teams that press. You have teams that play half court. You have more variety, and I think that that is one of the reasons, too, that it's harder – to watch the NBA now than it has ever been. I think that this is, it's, it's, there, there are so many games that look exactly the same from night to night, exactly. And you have to skate,
1: and you have to skate. In other words, you got a plan. In the, in the girls game, and we played against women, and look, they play hard. Like with the guys, you know, a we, week's their times we just look, we just like to look pretty on the floor, and we work on our running up, run back on the, on the, back down the floor or whatever you play the, the women they play and they play hard and they play hard for 48 minutes. There's, there's no dog in it. You never, you have, ne- when have you ever heard in the news about uh, a WNBA player demanding a trade like James Harden or just quitting and quitting on their team like James Harden or just totally just making it all about
0: them I mean, the when they do, the they got Divas. You know, they got Divas just like in any yeah. other thing. And but you, but don't, the thing, say, yeah, you know don't
1: see never it in, front, in, a, in the middle of a game or anything like that. Or, or it goes out into the, um, or it's a uh,
0: huge story for weeks at a time. Right. You don't see that. They come to work. I kind of would like it, hard. though. I kind of would like we get to that point where the WNBA is having <laughs> those, that kind of, you know what I mean? I, where, not that the, maybe the player actions, but you know what I'm saying? Where we have stuff yeah. we're talking about. WNBA players and demanding situations for themselves too, because then that means that the sport is at the, you know, we're having regular conversations about it. And that's where I was. I, to for, I do to I do. But after I would agree, you know, something about two,
1: maybe three weeks ago, I would agree with you. But after I saw that James Harden, when he quit on the Houston Rockets against the Lakers in front of me. Yeah. I yeah. said, man, I, I it, it's too much. I yeah, said, we got we got to we have got to ease this back because it's just plain ridiculous at this point. Because <laughs> when I covered, I don't I when when I cover the Lakers, I don't mention the other team. Half of that postgame report was about James Harden and the Houston Rockets. It was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen in my life, and the fact that he actually said we are not good enough, and then you just you just quit. Halfway through the game, the first game, not the back, not the back, the back game where everybody got mad. The first game, I said, this is not good for the NBA. They're going to have to figure something out in the next collective bargaining agreement, and they will. This is going to, this is going to have some repercussions. Oh, James I, I really hope the WNBA them. never gets to
0: that point. No, James Harden messed it up for some folks. Now he done messed mm-hmm. it up because the owners going to get their revenge. That's what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, let's move on to the general NBA news. The first thing and foremost on my mind is COVID and the Pelicans here had a game canceled on Monday. They will play tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs, um, after the contact tracing came back, um, negative, but we've seen particularly with the Washington wizards, these huge amounts of cancellations, postponements of games. I am getting to the point where I'm starting to worry about the integrity of the season as well. You know, the health was always number one, but now you, you know, once adults into a labor agreement, they got to do what they got to do. But now we're talking about the integrity of the season and what this could, could mean to teams. You already have teams playing five back-to-backs in over the next five weeks uh, across this league, you're going to start to see these players having to double and triple up games to make up some of these games. Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> I just write and I de- I just write and I'm dead tired. Think about what those players are going through. This is going to be this is going down a bad road. I can, I can see it coming. I really can see it coming. And when they when they start, they brought up the idea of having an all star game. No, we argued last year. Passionately, <laughs> we almost got the FCC closing your radio show down over this because it's about. I know it's a capitalistic society, I understand that they're gonna get this money. They did not want to start on December 22nd, folks. They wanted to start on Martin Luther King Day. That's what was gonna happen. Yep. But when they said $500 million, it's gonna happen on December. I don't, I, I look at the amount of money that could be lost that's on the table when I see what's going to go down. This is the, the the all-star game is the most ridiculous thing in the world. I agree with you. Is, no, I understand it's bad in that. Look, I understand going through the NBA season. They have to. If they don't, they're going to lose $1.5 billion. It's going to affect them for the rest of the decade. Got you. They don't need no all-star weekend. They don't. <laughs> And if you and if you don't agree with me if you're watching this and you do not agree I want you to remember last year when you were begging for the last dance I want you to remember when they had it on ESPN and they were playing NBA 2K I want you to remember when Paul Pierce was out there looking about 6 or 7 months pregnant in that playing against Zion in horse if you don't think it, if you don't see, if you don't remember, that doesn't trigger anything from you. You are selfish, and
0: you have no clue in the business of sports. It's t- they, they can't have an all-star weekend. You cannot have no. a potential super spreader event. And then they were talking in about Atlanta? doing in conjunction with another in, event? In, in, in Atlanta, Atlanta? No places no just a bad idea all around and the players have to say this is oh. where you have to step in the players association has to protect these guys cuz like you said the rules don't make sense anymore when you see yeah. Bill of Kyrie Irving and and Bam Adebayo dapping each other up and about to change jerseys which Oh, I've talked about it on another episode where I, which I think is the stupidest thing that players mm-hmm. can still want to do that anyway. And I don't get this whole trade in jerseys every time you play people, but <laughs> I don't get it. You used to only do it at the end of seasons. Dudes would say, I sent you my jersey. You know what I said it to y'all? They, dudes on the court changing jerseys. you going to see y'all know how to get in touch. Yep. This is the modern NBA. It's the modern world. You can get that man a FedEx jersey, sign yep. that. I don't need your stank sweat jersey. Send me one of yours from home, from the state, from the arena. Sign that bad boy on the number and send it over. I don't need no, like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, that's the random stank what I got from Bam. You're going to wash it anyway. But anyway, here's the point. You, hey, you're going to do all this. You're going to let these players bump, push, shove, slap, and all of a sudden you're going to say they can't hug after the game. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, it, it's window. But you want an all-star game.
1: In Atlanta. In
0: Atlanta,
1: yeah. Where you know everybody, their mama, they will shut the city down. And if you're going, to, if we're going to do this for business, let's be smart with it. That's all I'm saying. Let's be smart with it, because it affects so many. You have to. I think people don't understand. Forget the basketball part. There are people in these NBA organizations that are getting laid off as we speak, as the season is going on, there are NBA writers that write for their team. Gone.
0: Executives. Traveling with teams. You don't, there's there's no, there's no writers traveling. You don't see it unless you are a a major outlet, like an Mm -hmm. ESPN, a national, and you are a national reporter required to cover that team. Ain't nobody traveling right now, and that's money you're losing because those are those are travel allowances that you talk about. People, are, you're not getting any of that. There ain't no premiums. Mm-hmm. There's none of that. So people the are losing
1: co- out. COVID nineteen now is a problem. Mm-hmm. We they got to get fans back in the arena. If you can sacrifice a year. For the rest of eternity, or the next, the, the, the next pandemic, or wherever, whenever hits,
0: you want to have summer league. You yes. want to have summer league this year. Yes. yes. So don't have an all star game. Let these all star the games are not that good. They're not that good. It ain't worth it. Give the In money funny. to charity. Whatever money you were gonna raise or whatever, give it. To, just give it or just count it as a loss because you don't need an all star game this year. Nobody. Oh, or even be better. All- or even better yet, send that money. Donate that money to where it is needed. Yes. To get some more vaccines out here in these streets. NBA would be a legend for that. If you give up the money and oh, say we ain't we don't need all-star game revenue, we're asking all of our sponsors to give the money that they would that they would, we had contract to and we're gonna donate it all in mass to COVID relief. Do that.
1: And all, that's off again. the fl- And that's just off the floor. Let's just talk on the floor. They need a rest. Yes. They, they need, need a, a rest week off a week. Yes. They need a week off. Because you you to all of view, to all the
0: viewers watching this, me and David need a way we need, we need a week off. Maybe do three, four games in a week. And people think it's, easy. yes, no, you got to rewatch these games more than once and look for stuff. And it's just, I, the players do, I absolutely worry about, again, when you talk about these teams, you're going, you have so many games on television. So many guys who are not, they said, you know, being more flexible with the rest, but now we're almost to the point where now playoff positioning is start, is going to start coming mm-hmm. into play. So you can't rest and you're playing yeah. teams the same time two two nights out of three. So mm-hmm. if you're doing that, I can't play you one night and then rest against you because my whole season matchup with you is going to be decided in these two days. So if I don't mm-hmm. play well and I get a split and we end up playing in the playoffs against you, I, I mean, it's not to my advantage. And throw this in, too.
1: Everybody love the Lakers. Everybody say, well, they're going to win, they're going to win, they're going to win.
0: All you need is one LeBron James COVID-19 case. One Anthony Davis. Let Anthony Davis go out for two weeks and see what happens to the front court.
1: That's it. And then, and then everybody go, well, this is a big, well, well, how come they didn't take care of this COVID-19 thing? Those, but the mo- the people that do the most complaining, those are the ones that want the All-Star game.
0: Yep. I think the NBA needs to deal with this um, sooner rather than later. I think if they did a temporary shutdown of like a week or two, reassess, get everybody back on even footing, you could find a way to make sure that this works. But I, I, I don't see how every team is going to get their 72 games. But I will
1: tell you this. I will tell you this. I guarantee you that we are also again. It's gonna happen. I hope. I look. We can say what we want to say. How can you bring? We can, those we can say that, and, and, we, and we are right, and we are right. I but I guess. guarantee you, they will. They
0: will have a They will How have you gonna Mix all those people again. You talking about you trying to minimize? This they got show. money, right? All these cats. Yeah.
1: They got money, right?
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. We're going around the other big stories. Lonzo Ball is reported uh, on the trade block uh, with the Pelicans. Right now they're saying as many as seven teams have called the Pelicans about Lonzo. Chicago, the Clippers, the Hornets, the Knicks, the Bulls. I mean, I mean there's a lot of teams who are interested in Lonzo. Um clearly I you know I cover the Pelicans um so um I've watched him. Lonzo's not it's not working. Now, there are a number of reasons. There are a number of reasons. And this ain't no Pelicans oh. podcast, so I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, but I am of the mindset if the Pelicans have decided that they're not going to commit to Lonzo, because that's either, either that's that's where you are, you are not at this stage. I don't think that there's anything that he could do over the final 40 or 50 games of the season, whatever. And you're going to tell me that that should change my mind as an organization. It shouldn't. I should already know at this stage, the last con- year of yeah. my players contract, what I yeah. think of them. So if I'm not committed to Lonzo and I'm and I'm the Pelicans, then move him now. And let's all be done with it because it doesn't serve Lonzo. It doesn't serve the Pelicans. And I think that there are teams that he could work better with than the situation that he's in in New Orleans.
1: Absolutely. I, I think when we we said it uh, when he first got down, Alvin Gentry, when he got traded from the Lakers to to the Pelicans and Alvin Gentry did the same thing to him that Luke Walton did to him in L.A., mention him for no real reason. He may be playing well, but then he sits down for 15, 20 minutes or whatever the case may be. That messes with your psyche. And I worry about his psyche. I, I worry about his um his confidence. Because Jello is, like LaMelo, Lamello up in uh in up here in Charlotte is doing okay. He's doing better than I thought he would. And everybody's he's looking at the really passes. Right and now, they, they like he was he was he's now Lonzo a few years ago, that's what he's getting that hype now. So you knew it was gonna mess with him. And I'm gonna just be honest with you, the Pelicans are a mess. Because th- the one thing they don't do is defend. But that's what bought, bought that's the one thing I would hang he can hang his hat on. That guy can lock you down on defense
0: if he wants to. And he's playing he ain't good doing it either. this year. He's just not playing as good defensive. He's still the best defensive player in their starting lineup. There's
1: he's slippage. Still there is definitely slippage. He- oh, he's not as good as he was last year.
0: But that's yeah. sad. That's- that tells you how bad it is in New Orleans, is that mm-hmm. he slipped, and but he's still the best defender. And, and you look at Eric Bledsoe, who was, what, second team for all defense, first team all defense last year? And mm-hmm. Bledsoe can't stop a, a runny nose. Well, see,
1: Bledsoe was second team all defense because he had Giannis behind him. Let's be clear on that. I knew that wasn't going to work out the, the second he got down when Milwaukee got uh, flipped him for uh, flipped uh, him for Drew Holiday. We got the I lower said, budget version of Drew Holiday. You got the yeah. lesser version. Yes, and when and, and all you have to do is just insult him one time and just call him Drew Bledsoe. And that dude will fire up jump shots, just trying to make it, trying to make it about him. He is not a pure point guard. He never was. He wasn't good in Phoenix. He hasn't been good since the LA Clippers. He's, he's it's best been that long. As a backup
0: though. He's best served as a backup.
1: Yes, but he's, they keep putting him in the starting
0: lineup. I don't understand it because, like you said, he's not a primary ball handler. He's not someone who can finish. Uh, you know, they used to call him Mini LeBron, but. He's not that kind of explosive guard at this stage in his career where he could finish over people. And He's still only six one, so it's not like well, they
1: called him they called him mini Le- Le- Lebron because he had muscles,
0: right? But he's, he's not lo- that's good in a he's uniform. Not, he's not a he's not a guy who can finish over and through people anymore. You know, he doesn't have any strength like that. So to me, it's like yeah, I thought the Pelicans' biggest problem, and I still think to this day is they should have kept George Hill. They should have moved Eric Bledsoe because you kept the, you keep the shooting. And mm-hmm. you don't ask somebody to do what didn't work last year, which was Lonzo and Drew together, which was my I thought is, why are you going to recreate that? George Hill don't want the ball to dribble. George Hill's looking yeah. for open shots. And he's still yeah. leading the NBA in three-point shooting this year or right at the top, in the top five for sure. So if, if that's what we're doing here, the Pelicans seem to me to be caught in a no-man's land where they don't know – and David Griffin needs to take some more of the heat on this, and it's time to keep examining his record a little bit harder.
1: Mm-hmm. But he
0: doesn't know if he's going if he's trying to rebuild this team or if he's trying to to put it in a championship mode. And if you're gonna waste two years now of Zion Williamson's career out the gate, yeah. you're gonna waste two years out the gate. And you already have Brandon Ingram who's turning about turn 25. Yeah, you have Zion at 20. Mm-hmm. What you should be doing to it, he's saying we're gonna cash in at the right time, we're gonna cash in at the right time. Well, you gotta cash in sometime before Zion gets to be 25. Um, because I see a problem if he misses the playoffs twice. The NBA did not, did not, you know, the, the TV deal hinges. The future of the TV Absolutely. deal hinges yes. on Zion Williamson. Breach. Becoming a star, they keep putting him on TV, and the Pelicans are zero six this season on television in fifteen. They're getting games. blown out. Ain't getting blown out. They can't. You can't have Zion on a bad team. They can't do it. They it have the play-in
1: game because of him. The NBA play-in game, the play-in tournament, was because of Zion Williamson, and, so and they're he- not getting in. And you got to think of something else too. If they're not winning, and he aren't look. Anthony Davis, like it or not, he stayed down there six, seven years. Didn't work out. He goes to LA, he gets a title, and he's on his way to getting another one. Zion Williamson can make a can send him to New York. I mean, look, New York's starting to do it, they're starting to build some things up there, get a, up and get up and coming a franchise. They're gonna have to do something, and that's the work. People, I don't think people understand this the seventh and eighth slot in the playoffs, playoff seeds are the worst. You better be in a lottery team because you're not going to get a good draft pick. And you ain't you're getting out get first run, round. You're not getting out. And you may get lucky. And that's you might, and you're going to get swept and you're lucky if you get a game
0: out of it. And if you do, it doesn't, you're not generating big money for your city for doing that. Exactly. So, yeah, um, it's, it's it, like you said, you cost yourself an opportunity though I am also opposed to the draft a cheap young labor, but you don't need a ton of that either. If you're the Pelican, just sitting there, you look at a team, and everybody keeps saying it's young, it's young. Well, drafting more young people in the next year. Or so it's not going to make them better. It's going to make them younger. And the youngest yeah. teams in the league are not teams that are winning.
1: No. Really, and, we- the, and I'm going to tell you something else. I fought with JJ Reddick being on the team that his shooting would be with, he has been awful. Uh, Zion Williamson, God bless him. He he is electrifying, electrifying on the offensive end. He cannot guard anybody. Brandon Ingram, same way. And Brandon has these played. guys can't the second year with the Lakers now. Yeah, they cannot defend at all. And I think they've they're starting to tune Stan Van Gundy out. And as he is look, Stan Van Gundy got veterans to tune him out. These guys look like they they look like. Um, one two three Cancun. They just, I think with um, and I think there's a rumor floating around that uh, they're trying to look at um, trading uh, Lonzo and uh, JJ Reddick
0: to Golden State for Kelly Oubre. That's that's I, I doubt that that it ends up being that they're, they're more. I know Golden State is more interested in JJ. That Golden State wants the shooting because you know obviously Andrew Wiggins and and Oubre ain't shooting the ball. I mean, that's just not working for them. And somebody's gotta be able to be there for stuff to pass it out to. And them dudes, not only can't they shoot, and and it's a very similar problem with the Pelicans. You got a a bunch of young players who aren't that basketball smart. Andrew Wiggins ain't basketball smart. Kelly Oubre don't help the Pelicans because he's not basketball smart. Kelly Oubre is a net negative everywhere he's ever been. And he's a huge net negative for the Warriors this year as a shooter and as a defender. And I don't understand why you're going to bring another knuckleheaded dude back to his own hometown after you failed with Alfred Payton. If, you know, that didn't work. You're going to bring back Kelly Oubre and you're going to put him in New Orleans and you're going to tell that dude who thinks he's a star, who thought he was a star in Washington with the Wizards and thought that he should be getting the same kind of pub that Beal and Wall were getting in Washington. Then goes to Phoenix and swore that he was supposed to be as big as Devin Booker, and thought he was that big in Phoenix. So now he ends up in Golden State, and it ain't working there. Why would you take on somebody else's problem? I don't care if he is in the last year of his contract. If you're the Pelicans, the last thing you need is more dudes who are young and dumb. I think that's why
1: they're going to, I think that's why they're going after Uber. I think that's the case, man. They could clear clean off some of them books and whatnot, clean off the books. But judges, look, in the we last we're in COVID. we are in cool COVID 19 and you know owners are trying to save that money. If you are not gonna make the playoffs, and look, the Pelicans, they can't stop light for lack of payment on the bill. They if they're not gonna make the playoffs, they are gonna kill out those contracts and they're gonna clear them off, get those books, get them books cleaned up so they can work in the next year. They are this is about business this year. It is not about talent or basketball. I don't even analyze the game anymore without a dollar bill attached to it right next to it. George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, hopefully Harriet Tubman will be on that $20 bill soon. It just does not matter. They are going to make Kelly Oubre's contract, and they're going to deal with him for 40 to 50
0: games, and then tell him and soon as the, soon as the season's over, tell him goodbye. Do you think they tell Josh Hart goodbye, too? Because Josh Hart yes. is another one of those guys who has not gotten better.
1: He already he already, he already done, uh, went to social media with his frustration. I think he's gone. Yeah, I saw him the pre-JJ. He's, he's just not good. You can't be – you can't go to social media and complain on Twitter and you can't shoot.
0: And you can't dribble. And you're slow-footed. And you can't defend. Like, let's be serious. Josh Hart is at max on a good team. Josh Hart on the current, let's say the the Lakers team that just won the championship. He'd be their eighth or ninth best player, right? He'd be behind Quinn Cook. That's what I'm saying. He'd be down. He's he's a guy that you get minutes for, but you don't need him on a night-to-night basis. Yeah. Yeah. So you put him on a team like the Pelicans that needs 25 real minutes every night you don't know you're gonna get 25 real minutes from Josh and he can't defend threes because he's not fast enough he can't and or long enough he can't defend twos because he's not fast enough he rebounds well in space he's not a consistent enough shooter doesn't put the ball on the ground and then you know so what does he do at least in the NBA you have to have one exceptional skill to mm. maintain your career there's nothing exceptional. He does except rebound at the guard position, which to me is, is fine and dandy out of a starter, but as a reserve, I don't really need you to be rebounding. If, if, if my guards are getting eight rebounds on the second unit, I've got a problem.
1: Yeah. Look, when you, well, look, when the best part, I mean, the most positive thing happened was you proposing marriage to your girlfriend and she's saying, yes, that pretty much tells you how bad Josh Hart's uh, season has been this year
0: he's he's, I'm just not impressed. And I, and people were telling me, well, you know, you need a guy like Josh for the culture. I don't, if my culture is losing, he doesn't make me win. He's not moving the needle to things that I need to do to win. He is a guy that is a, a placeholder as a, as an NBA. He is one of many NBA players like him who are Mm -hmm. fringe contributors with a good attitude. And that's what's going to keep him around the league. He's a French Think, think about it
1: this way. Think about it this way. The Pelicans have two players. One one, uh, one uh, player in uh, Eric Bledsoe said, get me out of here on Twitter, which is infamous. And Josh Hart said, morale is low after
0: nine games. And he, like I said, he liked a tweet today that said, free JJ Redick. So... You say we want out of here. Okay, well, again, I think that goes back to David Griffin as much as it goes back to Stan Van Gundy. And people are giving David Griffin this big pass. And I'd like to know why. Why is David Griffin getting a giant pass when he took, when you're looking at it, you say you drafted Jackson Hayes in the top 10. And I'm looking uh-huh. over there at DeAndre Hunter at Virginia, out of Virginia playing for the Hawks, looking like he might make the all-star team this year if there were, if there is one. And as you say, there will be no matter what. But DeAndre Hunter looking like he's making that leap. Cam Reddish looking like a legitimate NBA wing, which we both uh-huh. said Cam Reddish was the most underrated member of that Duke trio. Yep. So you get Cam Reddish now looking like a legitimate player. You passed on both of those guys to take Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and um, Jackson Hayes. And I would say the max on both of those guys' ceilings, for Jackson Hayes, it won't be seen until another five, six years down the road, for, if if ever, because of his mm-hmm. mental acuity. And then for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, his best is as a sixth man, because he, he's, again, another guy who's not a great athlete, who can have mm-hmm. some nice games, but is not a good enough athlete or exceptional enough at any one thing, not as a ball handler, defender, athlete, shooter, whatever, to be great every night for you. So you invested in guys who were going to be bench contributors when you could have had starting NBA caliber defenders on the wing, which is the weakest part of your lineup. Yep. And
1: it's rough, man. I, I'm I'm they're a very disappointing team. They're probably one of the most disappointing teams in the NBA. Um there's a dollar bill attached to them. Zion Williamson he's his, his even his weaknesses are starting to be exposed or starting to get exposed, especially on the defensive end. Uh, They basically will offer that man a happy meal and 50 bucks to take a jump shot. And he refuses to do it. He takes it to the, takes it to the basket and he gets a shot. gets a shot block a lot. He does not block shots at all. No, but even when he goes to the basket, players block his shots oh yes yes so after a while they're gonna find they're gonna catch on to what he does they're gonna catch on to they're gonna have film on him and he's gonna start to he's gonna start to have um he's gonna start backsliding a little bit with his game and he's gonna start getting frustrated and I thought Stan Van Gundy was gonna be a very good hire but He's got to get his players to believe, and right now they have not bought into the system yet. And, and they don't have. I don't players, think they really either. have an
0: offensive system. But they don't even. They Brandon Ingram dribbling the ball
1: for ten seconds, and then maybe passing the ball here and there, and whatever the case may be, and then they don't get back on defense.
0: So when they miss, you know, you know the other team is running. I don't know why Brandon Ingram all of a sudden thinks he should be dribbling a lot. And you and yeah. I both know that's not the, the skill of his game is not in dribbling. And 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 you talk about it too is he says he models himself a lot after Kevin Durant. You, if you watch Kevin Durant, don't dribble. Huh. Kevin Durant does not dribble. He can take you off the dribble. If he, if he gets yeah. ISO and he gets that space, he will do it. And we've seen that there's that infamous clip already this year that on a basket mm-hmm. that didn't count where he broke uh poor man's ankles over and over again. But, Durant is about efficiency. The reason that Durant is so great is because he does not have to dribble. He knows how to find spots to shoot, to get himself open, and not take the physical pounding of having to deal Mm -hmm. with those kind of things. And then again, I would say this, Brandon Ingram, the repeated thing for me with the Pelicans is Brandon Ingram is not a great athlete either. He's not a dude who, who, who skies. He's not a dude that's not his game. He's not the he's the, he needs momentum when he comes off of uh screens or off of sets uh, staggered so he can uh, pick and rolls so he can get his core, his shoulder turned to go downhill. That's not his thing. He's not a first step explosive guy. So to to me the more he dribbles the less effective he's making himself. And it it's easy because smaller forwards or guards know that as soon as he puts that ball low they can take it from him and he's getting six six turnovers a night as of late.
1: That's where lack of point, having a point guard, because you know Eric Bledsoe is going to look for his numbers. And and until the man, look, and you know how I did, how I did, I analyze these players. If you don't defend, I don't even want to to discuss your numbers. Nope. It doesn't matter if you score 25, if you're giving up 35.
0: Yep. And Ingram right now has not been defending at all either. And so if Zion ain't going to defend, if Ingram ain't going to defend, and those are your two best players, that sends the message to the rest of the team. Yep. And, it, and that's, that's just, it's that simple until your best players hold everybody else accountable, then you're not going to get that chance for transformation. And it doesn't matter matter, whether it's Stan Van Gundy as the head coach or whomever. They, Zion and, and Brandon Ingram have to decide at some point, I'm going to knock somebody on their ass when they drive down the lane. I'm not going to allow people to feel comfortable. And I'm not yeah. going to allow my teammates to feel comfortable in their roles. If they're not going to defend, cause I got to do it too.
1: And look, Anthony Davis, after, they, after nine games, basically said his de- the defense looked like, looked like, he didn't say this word, but it, it looked like crap. And then LeBron said, you know something, our goal is to be the number one defensive team in the league. They're the number one defensive team in the league. And they went through a four-game stretch where teams could not score. So, yes, you have to have your best players are going to have to say, look here, I'm going to hold you accountable. And A.D. holds his teammates accountable because he is all over Dennis Schruder every single game when he gets caught back door for layups or whatnot from his guards. You can see him in his face. It is a choice. Defense is a choice. If you want to play in this uh, in the NBA and want to be a championship defend- contender, you have to defend if you don't. You can be – you can you can score – you can look really, really nice and you can look pretty in your uniforms, but you're going to get blown out by 25, 30, 30 points a night. Like uh, we've already talked about the Pelicans or the Minnesota Timberwolves is a great example.
0: Or you can also talk about the Brooklyn Nets, who now that they do have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and uh, Kevin Durant are not looking particularly good as a whole because they can't defend. DeAndre Jordan is not capable of starting at center in the NBA your problem. He's really the problem. They He's are the they I mean, and I thought that getting—I don't understand why in that trade the dude you give away is Jared Allen, knowing that you have nothing up front, and you're basically now waiting for either Andre Drummond or Javale McGee to get bought out by Cleveland so you can get a center that you just sent us the place where you just sent a center too, and you mm-hmm, have to buy it. That's easy. That's <laughs> easy, David. That's easy. Don't nobody want no
1: DeAndre uh, DeAndre Jordan If the money that they paying him. You gonna pay him ten million dollars a year? Another, you gonna give him another twenty million dollars? No, we ain't doing that. Cleveland didn't want him. At least the bigger the biggest staffs are doing a good job in Cleveland. They got they got common sense. They know uh, DeAndre Jordan ain't done anything since he left the Clippers, and he probably wouldn't even been good with the Clippers if Chris Paul wasn't jumping on him every uh, every day. So that's another thing. The problem right now is DeAndre Jordan will not leave that
0: will not leave that paint and he can't roll, he can't defend pick and roll at all anymore. He used to be no. such a good pick and roll defender and now he is you you are looking for him in pick and roll. Yes. Cuz I don't what when uh, when the
1: Nets beat Milwaukee uh I don't know what Chris Middleton was doing like with those last two shots he just shot two three. I don't know what he was thinking. He spent the entire fourth quarter running a slight little pick and roll and hitting a twelve to fifteen jump, foot jump shot. It must have been four or five times in a row, and then he started firing the threes when they were down two, That's which made no sense. But that, but that, ex, but that exposed the Nets what their problem is. James Harden, I don't care what nobody says, I don't do analytics. He can't play defense. Kyrie Irving can't play defense. Kevin Durant is a capable defender, but guess what? He is the only one. Spencer Dinwiddie is out for the season. They have no defenders. Even Steve Nash done said this team ain't constructed to play defense. And Mike Dantoni uh, is on the um coaching staff.
0: And Amari Stockmeyer,
1: who is yeah, not going to teach he you know to play no defense. So guess what? They want this. They want to be the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets under uh Paul Westhead. Let's go 169 points a game and and win 169 to 158. That's yeah. what they want to do. Ain't gonna win no championship. But they, they would be knocked
0: out in the second round. Yeah, they can't win a championship this year. I think that the team that's still right now the best in the in the East, Philly. Um, I think Doc Rivers, um, at least for the regular season, has gotten Philly in much better shape. Uh, as far as mentally, uh, that you don't see the problems. I think Joel Embiid has been more consistent, more mm-hmm. uh, focused as a basketball player. Uh, I really like what Philly is doing uh, in the East. And then in Boston, I like Jalen Brown. That dude, oh, a, oh my only, God, has Jalen oh Jalen Brown woken up and become gone from all-star to all-NBA dude now. Mm-hmm. He one of them, He one of those
1: dudes that's on the that you go out on go out on the on the park go out to the parks. You don't know who he is. He just some cat that just showed up. He quiet and unassuming, but
0: give everybody the business. That you dude thought he was just going to be a defender. Remember, he was sold yeah. as just the defender coming out of Providence. Yep.
1: He this is, he he is the he is the he is the poster child for a guy that goes in is a professional basketball player that works on his craft. Honors his craft and brings something to the table new every single season, and, if, and at the rate that he is going, he is going to be—he's going to uh, be a bigger star than Jason Tatum. So Tatum better get his stuff together too. But Jalen Brown, right now, if he ain't an All Star, there's something wrong with the it's, voting system.
0: It's very similar, player development-wise, to Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Look at Jalen Brown because he came in defense first. Mm
1: -hmm. The
0: guy who was behind the other guys in the order of how they came in. Marcus smart, bigger credentials, Jason Tatum, bigger credentials, Gordon Hayward, bigger credentials, all those guys, he was going to fill in and just be part of the group. And they got, they Mm -hmm. start winning. And then last year it started. And now with Kimba missing a bunch of time and then Tatum missing time as of late, He's gotten to really grow into the, the offensive stuff and say, oh, I'm a three-level scorer now. You, mm-hmm. There's nowhere you're going to be able to stop me from getting my shot from if I'm doing what I do. And that understanding your game, and again, he's getting to that point where he's not wasting motion on either yep. end of the floor. That mm-hmm. he, he He's taking, like you said, he... He may be now. He may be. It, it may look like a genius move for the Celtics to have re-signed him when they did at the cost that yep. they did. hmm I don't think people understand because with Jason Tatum, he
1: he has a lot of flash dashes game. And look, he's a great player too. But it's really beautiful to watch a player that is wildly efficient. Just gets the ball and just does what he's supposed to, makes the move and then gets back on, on defense. And then when he's on the other, he'll lock down the other player to the point that they're not going to score. Yep. And he's not one of those trash talkers that they're actually pumping his chest or anything like that. He'll go out and give you 20, he have you give you 25, 27 a night. And before you even know what's going on, with seven rebounds, with seven assists, and and make winning plays and make his teammates better. And right now, that's what really, and really to tell you with Kimba being out with cuz look his knees are his, his knees are a problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He is keeping ball, the Boston Celtics afloat at
0: this point in the, in that top 4 in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, he really is. He really is and I I am worried about Kimba in that regard. I don't I think Boston is going to have to find both a big cuz um I don't know if you want to go into facing Joel Embiid in the postseason with Tristan Thompson Um, So I'd be looking, I'd also be calling Cleveland, talking about some bigs. If you get Andre Drummond in Boston at the end of his deal, that to me, Boston has a much better chance. If you put Andre Drummond and plug him in and have Tristan Thompson coming off the bench of beating Philly, because (laughs) now Philly has to guard a healthy Jalen Brown and a healthy, uh, hopefully Jason Tatum in the postseason with that anchoring the middle. And you know, the, the dude who can offensive rebound in particular, and will give, at least be a physical match Mm -hmm. to keep Embiid from establishing himself on the block, that would be a game changer to me. I watched Andre Drummond play last night against the Lakers. He gave
1: Anthony Davis the business last night. I mean, he was knocking him up under the rim, getting them offensive rebounds. He's playing like he knows he ain't going to be in Cleveland long. They are showcasing him something fierce. They are look. they they look, they, they, they're they trying to show him to Brooklyn. They're trying to show him to the Boston's of the world and whatnot. And he is playing alone. I he, mean, he played amazing last night. I mean, Mark Russell had 3,003 minutes.
0: And if you're and, Boston, don't you have to go all in at this point on something because you've gotten to the Eastern conference finals multiple times in the last five years. You got it three times mm-hmm. in five years. You got to get to the finals now, and the thing standing in your way in the East is a big. That's that's yeah. the only thing that because they can find I think somebody I – mean, You can live with Marcus Smart at the as your nominal point guard because Jalen yeah. Brown and Jason Tatum can create offense on their own. But they got to have somebody who can to protect the paint for them because you can't play really Jason good. Jason Tatum at the four all playoffs long. No, it, but let's look.
1: They're not going to beat Milwaukee. <laughs> They're not going to beat Philly until that gets addressed. Bottom line, they'll win. They'll win their. They'll win their fifty some odd games. They'll be a top two or three seed. We get it. When they get to the second round or the or the conference finals, that weakness is going to come out. And if they play Philly, and if Embiid plays the way he's playing now, focused, in shape. Notice he's not hurt every other week. Right now. There's no chance. And and, and Danny Ainge is going to have to. And you know something? People are starting to take a side eye to uh, Danny Ainge going, look, you have collected all these first round picks. Um, Where's the where, where's the end game to the plan that you had years back that you were bragging on? This? We, we trying to get a superstar in here. We trying to get Anthony Davis in here. That hasn't, uh, it hasn't
0: come it hasn't But, you, come hit now, but the, you know, they've hit now. You got two superstars, two legit yeah. stars. I'm going to say stars, two legitimate yeah. stars of Tatum and Brown. So you have two guys who you can count on that every night are going to at least give you their full effort. You know, uh, that Brown is an all league defender. And like I you say, you, both of them will give you 25. Can get both of them can give you 50 on a given night. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't need another superstar. What you need is to finish getting rid of the holes that you have in your team. And the yep. biggest hole is you don't have a difference maker in the middle.
1: Yep. And I and think, and I understand this too, Gordon Haywood left Boston and he is, I mean, shocking, shocking the NBA with his play down here in Charlotte. If, if Brooklyn goes to the, goes to the, goes to the Eastern conference finals and get past Boston or get to the NBA Finals, Kyrie Irving's on that team. So those two players already who are veterans have flourished after leaving Boston. After a while, they're going to start looking at Brad Stevens, and they're going to start looking at uh, looking at Danny Ainge and going, what's the problem? Boston fans do not play. They want championships, and they want them quickly. And with the Lakers now winning titles and whatnot, and they tied at 17, they're not going to deal with the Lakers getting their 18th ring and then Danny Ainge coming through and through a press conference saying, well, we had a really,
0: really good year. Boston fans ain't going to go for that. No, and they're not going to watch Milwaukee go past them. And They certainly don't want to see Philly go past them and get into Brooklyn the neither. finals. Bro- no. Kyrie, and after what Kyrie Irving did, no, they, they see it can't happen. Mm-mm. No. No. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what the, the rest of the season looks like for Boston. Milwaukee, I think everything for them is like, what are you going to do in the postseason? The big thing for the Lakers and the Clippers, though, is that um, do you think either of them makes a move to get Derrick Rose? Because it's said like both teams, the Clippers and the Lakers, are trying to get help at the point guard spot. Both have targeted mm-hmm. Derrick Rose. I see Rose certainly working better with the Lakers, actually, than with the Clippers. Um, because the last thing the Clippers need is more inefficiency from a scoring point guard type. The Lakers can deal with Fisher with Derek. I mean Derek Rose. If he scores that night and he's good, he can play. If he ain't, you got Dennis Schroeder, You got enough other guys that you can say, "Sit down, we don't need you tonight." I think the Clippers would be looking for him. You've already got Lou Williams. You are gonna give up Pat Bev, your best defender at the at the guard spot to get Derrick Rose, who's not gonna defend. I don't, it doesn't make sense to the Clippers for me.
1: Well, I think I disagree. I don't think, uh, Derek, people forget, Derek Rose played with LeBron in Cleveland. That was a disaster. And it'll it be a disaster. It will be a disaster in LA. They don't need him. They, they I've said it for years. They, everybody keeps saying, Derrick Rose need to go to LA. It'll look good. That is not the Chicago Bulls 2010 MVP Derrick Rose anymore, y'all. I'm sorry. In Detroit, he is looting in a riot. The Detroit Pistons stink. Somebody got to be good looking in a,
0: in a, in a circle of ugly people. And he's not but, having a near like Jeremy Grant is, you know, if you, not looking even, at Jeremy Grant, at he's least not in the playing position. well. Yeah, he's not. Derrick Rose is not playing.
1: Let, let me tell y'all something. Derek Rose is not playing very well. Y'all watch NBA league pass, watch a Detroit Pistons game and you will be shocked. He's not playing very well. He's not getting to the basket. Like he used to, he is not finishing at the rim. You knew he couldn't shoot. But he couldn't shoot in Chicago, and he turns the ball over a ton. He's not an efficient point guard. The Lakers don't need a point guard when it comes to the playoff time. Guess who your point guard is? It's going to be LeBron James. Yeah, you already had, look. Dennis Schroeder is not the greatest. Is has been driving me a crazy with his play this year. But I would gladly take Dennis Schroeder at twenty-seven with some decent knees over Derrick Rose. Now I think Derrick Rose could work better off in uh, in in with the L.A. Clippers, because if you get rid of Patrick Beverly, so what? When is the last time you've seen him play
0: good defense lately? But the problem is they don't have anybody else at the guard spot to play. They're Like, you're not going to – like, that's the thing with the Clippers that bothers me all the time is that they have – the Clippers have some real holes, and they, they seem like, again, a team that's built great for the regular season. Mm-hmm. But I see problems for them. In the postseason, I don't like their front court as far as the size that they have as far as rebound. They're not a great rebounding team. They're not at, no. as far as they're not great at keeping people out of the paint. And they are so dependent on being a good three-point shooting team that this is what gets Paul George in trouble in the playoffs is that he's going to stay out there and keep shooting threes and yeah. refuse to go to the rim. And I just think that that's it. I mean, Paul George is putting up eight threes a game. He's putting up eight threes a game. So it's Right now, he's hitting them, though. Right now, he, he's. Right hitting now, the bath always
1: comes back around. I agree you with you, bro. Right, now, right, now, he, right now, he's balling. Okay. Right now, fine. he's balling. Okay. Now, I understand. And look, I think now, because because now we know that uh, Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard is out for the COVID 19 protocol, health protocols. Mm-hmm. This is where we're going to see how good the Clippers are. Like, if they can hold, if they can tread water, and we get to see the other players, too. We get to see if Marcus Morris is actually worth sixty-four million dollars. Luke Canard, we get to see if he is worth sixty-four million dollars. This just in, y'all, no, he's not. But we I get mean, to see if Lewis, we and we can see if Lewis Sweet, Living <laughs> Pepper Lou, see if he can finally show up and get his rhythm together. Patrick Beverly, can we see if this guy because he has knee problems too? See if he's actually um, worth keeping. And I think because Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka, he looks nice during the regular season. He's going to disappear during the playoffs. We know that's coming. And Zubac,
0: I just wish he would get tougher because he just looks so soft. Has a team ever won an NBA championship? I'm trying to think with nobody who averages seven boards a game. No. I just can't see that happening. <laughs> you don't have a single person <laughs> averaging seven rebounds a game. I just don't so, see how you win a championship that way. I, do, I just don't get it because that's what the game comes down to in the postseason is ending no. possessions because the yeah. shots are fewer, so you cannot allow offensive boards. The Clippers are not built as a team that will keep people off the offensive boards, and I think that's why teams like Denver got hot against them last year. That's a, this is how this stuff happens in the playoffs. Is yeah. you don't have, and and I I still think you get when you look at it, say oh. They got seven guys on this team shooting better than 40% from three right now. That stuff never happens in the playoffs. Don't. You don't never get seven guys hitting 40% or better from the three in the playoffs. That's why we don't do it. We,
1: you know, we don't do analytics. We watch the game. We actually watch the
0: games. I like last so these year. These are unsustainable it, to me. That, yeah. It just feels like the Clippers' success is on un- its regular season built. Well, you know something. The Clippers gave me third-degree burns last year. I'm not,
1: listen, if you... It, They can holler at me because they, look, tied with. they're tied with, I think, a half game behind the Lakers for the best record in the league. They've won about nine or ten straight. I don't care. And I will not care until they make it to the playoff. I just will not do it because I just knew, and I told you time and time again, I'm picking the Clippers. They're a better team. They're to watch they, but them. they were built
0: better to face the Lakers last year. Yeah. They, no. were, they were built to face the Lakers and and they didn't get there. They flamed. they they started reading
1: the press clippings. They believed their own hype. And to and the worst thing that happened was them sitting up there laughing at Damian Lillard just before the playoffs. It was a stain that it's gonna take a, it's gonna take a championship to wash away. They just they were so cocky. And to watch them blow a 3-1 lead up 20 in numerous games. And to watch Paul George just fall off a cliff, and I mean straight down, get at me in the second round of the playoffs. I don't care what that man does. They call him a, they call him Paul George an MVP candidate and all this, that had the third. I do not care. Um uh, Maybe around the buyout, maybe they'll, they'll uh, put their t- put their squad together. But them losing Montrez Harrell, they're just
0: pretenders. I, I, I don't see it. I think that the team that is the most difficult team for the Lakers is going to be Utah. Utah. Ooh, yes. Utah is, is able to do everything that you want to see at this point that you know they're going to defend. You know they can protect the rim. You know they're going to make shots. Um, from multiple spots. They're the best three point shooting team in the league. Mike Conley is healthy and yes. Mike Conley is balling his ass off. Yes. And I, I I thought that he was done, but I, I mean, dude seemed like he had found the fountain of youth because he's playing great basketball. And then you put on top of that, I don't, their shooters are to me, Different than what we talk about with a Paul George, because Paul George is not a, in my mind, a dude who came in as a shooter. He's a guy who's made himself into a three-point shooter out of lack of athleticism. But yeah. uh, you talk about a Bojan Bogdanovic, Bojan Bogdanovic can shoot anywhere, anytime, any place. That's what he does. That's what that dude does. I mean, and Donovan Mitchell, ain't nobody made more threes in their career in the first four seasons of their career than Donovan Mitchell. So uh, I think the Jazz learned a lot last season. They should have beaten Denver. They blew that series. And now I think that you look at Utah, they are ready to be the the second, if not the the best team in the West, at the very least the Lakers' number one nemesis this year. But you know why
1: they're they're, they're getting these open shots and they're shooting so well? Because they have offensive schemes that actually extends past pick and roll. And they know how to move without the ball. They move, they cut to the basket. They let that they do not they don't over-dribble. They let the ball go. That ball will be hopping. I I I recommend anybody to watch a Utah Jazz game is entertaining. It is a it is a clinic on how to play offensive basketball. Rudy Gobert is playing well on the defensive end. And let me tell you something here, too. When Donovan Mitchell told Shaq, "I," they're in the spotlight. They, they are now in the spotlight. They're third. They're third. And I think they, um, they're tied in the loss column with the Lakers and the yeah, Clips. Yeah, 12 and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they are playing very, very well, and they, they're very well coached. They don't get panicked. They run the same system to perfection.
0: Time and, and time again. Their bench complements their starters because for yes. everybody on the starting lineup, you have that equivalent for, in some degree on the bench, you take Gobert out, you put in favors yes. type players. You take out Ingle, You know what I mean? You take out Ingles um, and you bring in Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson is a bucket. And you, again, yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to run plays for Jordan Clarkson. He can score on mm. his own and he's, he can also catch and shoot. Royce O'Neill doesn't take bad shots. Yes. You don't see Joe. You don't see George Yang taking bad shots. They, they are yeah. smart as they, they they play within the skill sets that they have. And that is the sign of a team that is very dangerous. Yep, And see,
1: that's what that's what people don't understand. When you when you're pressured and you're and you're being stressed in a game, that's when your bad habits come out. They you can't speed them up. They always go at their own pace. Everybody talking about we well, got to speed up the pace, speed up the pace, speed up the pace. We are gonna make this pace faster and faster and faster. They just go at their pace,
0: and their pace isn't slow. Them. And that's the thing is, their pace is based on we don't have to run up with you. But yeah. our pace is we gonna run your ass around this half court, and you yeah. gonna have to stay with us and watch us do these cuts and do these ball actions, dribble handoffs. We're gonna do everything. Yeah, we're gonna do everything that we feel like doing. Because it's going to work for us on both ends. Number one, you are wearing your ass out because you're running so much on defense. And then when mm-hmm. you come back on offense, your legs are heavy. And oh, and oh, by the way, if you turn the ball over, we're going to score. They will kill you.
1: <laughs> if you turn over, If you turn the ball over, that's a wrap. So discipline and pace, people, I think people just listen to that word pace. And it's so they don't have the understanding of that word. The Utah Jazz has that understanding. They run, they, their pace is on their terms. You can speed up the pace, but speed it up on your terms. Don't speed it up just to say, because it sounds good. And that's exactly what the Clippers said starting this season. That's, what, that's the first thing Ty Lue said. It is the, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the polite word for new coaches. We're going to pick up the pace and we're going to speed the pace up. No, you, you, you run the pace with the clientele that you have and go from there.
0: The best basketball coaches do not have systems. The best basketball coaches adapt to the players that they have and do the things to put them in situations where they can succeed. I do not like system coaches. I don't like coaches who say, My philosophy is, you are not a good coach. You are not. (laughs) You are a prisoner because you're not going to have great, you're not going to have the same players every time. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the ultimate thing to me is like when you look at guys like Greg Popovich or Pat Riley or Phil Jackson, even to a different degree, is that you have to take different groups of players and change, even if you're feeling you run the triangle, the triangle in, in Chicago ain't the same triangle he was running in, in, um, LA in LA because you didn't have you don't have Shaq. So it ain't yeah. the same for Riles to take showtime and then go to New York and be like, I right. hate he could have tried to run Showtime in New York, it wasn't yeah. gonna work. It would have yeah. been terrible. Yeah. So then he go to Miami and he say, we can't run He tried he, First he tried to rebuild something with Timmy, and and he, and he got that. That became the thing. Tim Hardaway and Zoe, and then you get to Dwayne Wade and Shaq, and then you get to – they've had to adapt. The franchises yeah. that can adapt to the personnel are the ones that survive.
1: Absolutely. Amen we, to that.
0: Before we end, I want to get your thoughts, because this is a dude that's been in the news a lot, and I love him, and I think we should be talking about him more. Um, is and they call him Mr. Triple Single, but I call him the best teammate in the NBA, and that's Draymond Green. The Draymond Green is the best teammate in the NBA to have for a glue like a glue player. Dude is a genius, and he's made that damn Warriors team. Steph Curry took it to a next level offensively, and Draymond mm-hmm. has been the the guy who made all of those young knuckleheads learn how to do something cohesively so that they can win. I will I will say this.
1: I think probably somebody in the Warriors front office. I don't know. I just just from outside looking in. I think they said, "Listen, we gave you hundred million dollars. We want you here. We invested in you. You can't do what you did last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, we we not doing that." If Steph took brought brought him to his house and they had a talk in the in the Splash Brothers. Somebody talk to him, man. Because last year was a joke. He he was complaining after three games. He was out of shape, real he bad. Was, let's be clear. He was fat. Yeah, he was out of <laughs> shape, real I bad. I mean, the memes, you know, the book bag on the on his on on his back while he's shooting them air balls and everything, and Charles Barkley clowning him and whatever. Which which. I don't know why Draymond was bad because Charles was right. You, you weren't good. I mean, feel free to hit a shot or two if you wanted people to shut up about and it. And he still can't shoot. Look, he can't shoot. He can't, still shoot. Still can't but, shoot. But at least he is competing. He did not compete last year. Nope. He stole a lot of money last year. And they, look, the Golden State Warriors and that ownership group, Joe Lacob and that ownership group don't play. Let's be clear, they do not play games. Everybody talk about Mark Jackson should be in the league. Mark Jackson should be in the league. There's a reason why he got fired from Golden State Warriors, and it is not race. Joe Laker wants the best for his organization. He is about winning, and they are in the middle of adjustments right now. And they probably sat Draymond Green down and said, listen here, okay, look, it was rough last
0: year, but you didn't help We're gonna do it. You you, you was out here by yourself. We know that none of the fellas was getting. But you need to understand
1: you were there when when things were good. You need to sacrifice when things are bad. And we got this new arena in the middle of COVID with no fans, and we are bleeding money. We are watching every dime we pay you, you are going to earn it. Respect
0: to him. I give him credit. He's doing it this year. But last year last year he was a dog. He was a dog. He was a dog last year. He was a dog. Like in the worst way. Not a good dog. Not like when yeah. you're talking about he was a like he would he played like a dead dog. Like he rolled over. He was not good. No. He was yeah. terrible. Woo. But I I think though it's it just it just shows you though, again, that so much of this has nothing to do with strategy. Yeah. Like so much of the NBA, the, what, pe- what people want to do, and we say it's not about dismissing numbers, it's not about dismissing trends and paying attention. I do pay attention to those things. Yeah, but you can't quantify. Yeah, it shows up that when Draymond is on the floor, the the the, the Warriors are a much better team. You can see that numerically. Yeah, but unless you watch the thirty minutes that he plays, and all you see is you see five points here, six points. Mm-hmm. six boards, seven assists, and you say, he ain't do much tonight. How much did he talk? How much did he communicate? Leadership. How much did he move the basketball for a team that does not know how to move the basketball? He yep. The assist percentage that he puts up, he's still putting up numbers. Like, if you take his percentages of what he does offensively and defensively, mm-hmm. he's up there with the LeBrons as far as this total contribution to what he does, it's never going to look the same statistically, but when you're talking about teammate guys who are never the star, but who your team with a winning team has to have players like that. Draymond is on that group with the, with the, you know, Joe Dumars who was never a superstar, but you needed to have a Joe Dumars. You needed mm-hmm. to have a Michael Cooper. You needed to have a, a a Bobby Jones. If you were to, you know, a Chris mm-hmm. Bosch, He's he's, yeah. he's like that. He's the third. He's that third piece, or that fundamental piece of the guy who who is is your franchise's culture in a lot of ways. Steph is the swagger. Draymond yeah. is the vinegar, the anger. You know, the vinegar of, of that thing. We ain't. He's not the sweet. You know what I'm saying? He's the sour. Steph is the sweet. Draymond the sour. Yeah.
1: And I'll say this though, really, to be totally honest with you, you know he's doing the right thing because you see James Wiseman is growing in leaps and bounds. Yep. He is in James Wiseman's ear every single day. And you can see him improving every single game. And he's the veteran that is mentoring James Wiseman. That alone, and maybe that reinvigorated him. Maybe they got him, got him, found him some motivation. Whatever the case may be, I don't know why 100000000 million wouldn't do it, $20 million a year wouldn't do it. But to each his own, what James Wiseman is doing is – Mainly because of what Draymond Green is doing, uh, passing on his wisdom about being a professional to him.
0: The one team that I can see Draymond helping if the if the uh, one team that I could really see him helping, excuse me, if he gets traded, if the if they try to get out from him, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee's gonna
1: take him. I don't honestly, he, with his skill set, and I understand what we're saying that he is playing well this year, but. It's going to be hard for an NBA team to sell their fan base on Draymond Green and his triple singles.
0: I'm just saying I'm not – if I'm Milwaukee, I'm taking him on only as – because I'm not using him as a starting center, and I'm not using him as a starter at all. What I'm using Draymond as my point center, especially mm-hmm. for the playoffs, when they're, when they're what we have seen over the years, the last mm-hmm. two years with Mike Budenholzer in the postseason, is that he does not make good adjustments offensively. And then yeah. he does not have players. And I, I'm sorry, as much as I love Drew Bl- Drew Holiday, I don't think Drew Holiday is a creator. Draymond creates opportunities for other people to get easy buckets, and they need a, somebody with his vision on that mm-hmm. team because they don't have they still don't have a point guard. That's not what Milwaukee. Milwaukee does not have a point guard. They don't have somebody. Not, who, I don't that think that the point was, guard is a pro, That's not Milwaukee's problem. I'm talking about vacillate. They don't have Milwaukee's, somebody. Milwaukee's facility.
1: problem. Milwaukee's problem is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm sorry. He's a two time MVP, but, good, but God bless the man that he cannot shoot a lick. They know you load up a wall against him and force him to go to the basket. He's going
0: to charge himself. But he'll get three charges a game. But that's going but I mean, in two, the postseason, three air balls. In, in the postseason, if he's if you're not getting the ball moving from the other guys to make it, it becomes so much easier. Because remember, you saw it last year in the playoffs. Giannis was yeah. at the top of the key trying to mm-hmm. get past people because Chris Middleton can't create his own shot. We know that. In, in big situations, Chris Middleton ain't going to create his own shot. And like I said, Drew Holiday is not going to do it either. So the, if, if that. somebody's got to be able to pass that ball. Or, like you said, the other thing is somebody who can create on their own. And they don't have somebody who's going to create and be willing to get to the hole. That's why I think Milwaukee's not going to win the championship. I don't, I don't think Milwaukee's – Milwaukee would be like the fourth – I think Milwaukee's the fourth best team in the East. Uh, Them in Brooklyn go. are like 3-4. Them and Brooklyn the same, 3-4.
1: I'm gonna probably say top two for Milwaukee because they can they can defend.
0: You think but, they're better though in the postseason than Boston or Philly? Would you take? I mean, right now I can't. I, I mean, you know
1: something until Kimball Walker gets his knee gets his knees under under control, Boston and and Boston, look they're small. We already talked about the center thing with Boston. Now if you look, if Andre Drummond um, shows up. Okay, we can talk. They make yeah. a, they make a move in the buyout market or make a trade. Okay, we we can talk then. But I don't think uh, Boston is not a threat. I mean, everybody keeps saying that, but the reason why they're saying that is that deep down, everybody wants to see the Lakers and Boston in the NBA Finals. Let's just be clear, that yeah, will be a dream really matchup. The first to eighteen, they're already they, look. They've been promote. They've been promoting the Boston Lakers game for the. For a w- over a week on ABC, so that all, they're already telling you what they want. But Boston is not; they're not good enough. Um, Kimber Walker, I think his knees have been been eroded down here in Charlotte, and I just don't see they're just not they're not good enough to win to beat Milwaukee four times in a week. Anyway.
0: I would still say I don't think the East is good enough anyway. I think the three Real. of the four best teams are in the West still. And that's the two LA teams in, in Utah. Yeah. So to me, the only team in that top four is Philly.
1: Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. No matter who whoever comes out of the East, if the only thing, and I mean I'm dead serious. I said this would be in the offseason. I said it through the preseason, and right after they got Harold and Intruder, uh, and and, uh, and they're, they're going to make another move. They're going to get a center because they got to have one. Cause all ain't the answer. If oh. they get a big, if they get a big man. The only team, the only the only thing that can stop the Lakers is COVID-19. And I am dead serious. When they're all focused, and I've seen them in a four-game stretch after AD called them out for their defensive uh, intensity, nobody can beat them. Nobody. I they are that good and when they when they're focused, there's not enough talent on any of these NBA teams because they beat Milwaukee soundly. Oh yeah. Yeah, they did, and I mean they—they threw Chicago in a broom closet somewhere. They were up thirty at halftime.
0: Yeah, Chicago. I'm still, I'm still not. I I still don't get Chicago. I don't understand them yet. I don't. I don't. They're another team that's caught in that hell of not knowing who their who their players are. They don't know who they're trying to build around. They got to move on from Levine.
1: They, they have to. They have to.
0: He he is so when he better than them. He's better than them. He needs to be on another team because their timetable ain't going to get it. Yeah. He's
1: not good enough. He's not a good enough player for a championship team, but he just
0: he's just – he yeah. He's be not good enough to lead your team. He should not be the best player. Yeah. he could make a good team into a very good team. Yeah, because when, if,
1: if, when he is on and he's hot and in the zone – he is one of the most fun players in the NBA to watch, but
0: he he can score, but he can't play. He and will get disinterested. He will get disinterested. That's the problem I have yeah. with Zach Lavine is he will get exactly. disinterested, and particularly because on when defense he, at times he would get. He played in,
1: when he played in LA. He actually he just he just he was handing out business cards to the to the Lakers, and I mean I thought he was going to go for forty, that night. I ended up with thirty eight, but I thought he was going to have forty five, maybe fifty that night. You come, he comes back to Chicago this past weekend and you couldn't find him. Yep.
0: Brad, I, I had a blast doing this. I'm glad we got to talk and do this together today. Um, please tell folks again how they can find you um, and, and follow the great work that you do.
1: Okay. You can find me on uh, lakeshowlife.com. I cover the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I do mostly the post game reports. Um, I do double up. I do a um. In one immediately after the game, and I do late show life lessons. It just breaks down the entire, entire game, the game inside of the game. Um, also, my uh, Twitter and handle it and um, Instagram is uh, at Sport World Order. S P O R T
0: World Order. All right, my man, y'all know how to. y'all can follow me at DM Grub on Instagram and Twitter and at the website, H-I-T-P with DG.com. Don't forget to check out the store and get yourself some merch. Um, again, uh, for Ron ages I am David Grubb. And this has been another edition of Hard to Paint. Be back tomorrow with uh, my good friend on the Dome Patrol, Mr. Ross Jackson. So I'll talk to y'all then. you have a good one.